coming up on Thunder Pop. It is episode 70 of the Thunder Pop podcast, and we join you on May 4th, 2018. Uh, if, if this episode's up on the same day, it'll be the same day, but if not, it may be the 5th or 6th, but we still wish you a belated May 4th. May the 4th be with you. May the, may the 4th be with you, Johnny. And may the 4th be with you as well, Stephen. And in our uh, own home of Austin, Texas, we're in the middle of a uh, tsunami right now, a thunderstorm. So we're celebrating uh, kind of cooped up in our homes right now. Right, Johnny? Yeah. I, yeah. And I don't think anybody who doesn't have to be anywhere wants to go anywhere today. Yeah. Now, we'll open up the show. We, we got This is going to serve as our reaction show to Avengers Infinity War. We're also going to have to touch on to some Star Wars because it is May 4th, so got to do that. Got to do it. Yep, solo tickets went on sale yesterday. Yeah, so there's and there's some new things to talk about with that, and there will be a lot of new things to talk about with that ongoing up until the release date. Uh, we just had Infinity War. Between Infinity War and Star Wars, you get Deadpool 2. Uh, I just saw the premiere, uh, the new Celine Dion video that they made for Deadpool 2. Have you seen this yet? Yes, it's hilarious. It is hilarious. What's left to say? These prayers aren't working anymore. Every way shut down in flames. There's a whole knock it out of the park home run. Uh, I'll have a Deadpool question for you later in the show. I want to I want to run something by you on Deadpool as well. But we'll talk Infinity Wars, Star Wars. May the Fourth be with you. After this theme song with Johnny Lightfoot and myself, Stephen Presley. Yeah, yeah. Is that a pretty good 20th Century Fox? Yep. Did I pull that off? Oh, yeah. Somewhat, yeah. Thanks for humoring me there. I beg of you to make him stop. 70th episode with Johnny Lightfoot. Thank you for joining us once again, Johnny. Yep, always a pleasure. Johnny, join us via Skype, because it would be ridiculous for either one of us to drive in the storm. So we're both we're both cooped up in our homes, and I want to I want to open up with, especially with today being kind of a stay at home day. How will you be celebrating or recognizing May Fourth, which has become a holiday? Um, I mean, I'll probably watch a little Star Wars. Um, you know, just watch. I mean. This week I got my OLED TV, so I'm going to 
watch some Star Wars in 4K and uh, uh, just stay inside, maybe order some takeout, something. Do you, uh, I know a lot of friends this year that were telling me, oh, this is what we're doing today. This is what we're going to be, how we're going to be celebrating. A lot of them were watching the doc off the new Last Jedi DVD. Is there, you kind of kind of improvise. Do you go back to the old classics? Will you watch some of the new stuff? Will you maybe have a kind of a broad stroke of everything? Um, I'll probably switch it up a little bit. I mean, I watched the uh, the director and the Jedi when the when the disc came out. Yeah, and it's a fantastic documentary. Um, but I mean, you don't really get a lot of rewatchability out of documentaries, no matter how great they are. Yeah. Uh, so I'll probably do some Last Jedi in 4K, and then. Uh, Maybe some some Empire Strikes Back. A lot of people are comparing Infinity War to that, and I'll get a little of that flavor. Mm-hmm. Now, comparing the uh, the DVD package that you got with Last Jedi, and then what you got with Force Awakens, and then maybe even mixing Rogue One in the middle there, which of the three did you overall ha- enjoy the experience of what you got with your DVD package the most? Which of the three I did mean- you enjoy the most? I would say the the last Jedi definitely gave me the most. Now, was it because of uh, the, the the documentary? Uh, yes, because the Force Awakens they gave us a couple like three to seven minute little featurettes. Yeah, yeah. But Last Jedi actually gave us a full a full basically you know getting into Ryan Johnson and then Mark Hamill. And just getting to see, uh, and it makes me feel, you know, a, even more sorry for the way Ryan Johnson's been treated since it came out. Yeah, um, he gets kicked around a little bit. He's gotten kicked around here as well, but yeah, he's gotten kicked around a little bit everywhere. Yeah, you know, you watch that doc. You know, you can tell he's very passionate about the story he's trying to tell, and he put a lot of work and effort. Um. And uh, every time I watch it, I gain more appreciation for that film. It's a tough job. There's no doubt about it. No matter who's in that director's chair to do a, a especially uh, connected to the uh, the episodes is especially hard. Mm-hmm. I think the standalones are probably an easier gig doing a standalone. Yeah, well, because you don't you don't have expectation and. That's the thing with Last Jedi is everybody had their expectations about what they wanted from it and and he had his story to tell and you know it wasn't what everybody wanted it wasn't what I wanted but um I appreciate it all the same There's definitely some elements of it I thought were some of the most innovative things I'd seen in Star Wars in years or ever um, Yes def- some, definitely some really and, uh, Good stuff in there. And yeah, and I think he's going to do a lot of really neat things with his own trilogy. Um, uh, I think that maybe as good as I think the film is, I don't know that foresight in that, you know, an, an innovative director might be, might not be the greatest thing for a saga film. Yeah. Whereas, you know, standalones or like his own trilogy would have been better suited for him. But yeah, it's almost like it would have been a better. Well, I, I always I think now in hindsight, and of course I need to see what he comes up with in a few weeks. But with the solo film and seeing Ron Howard working on a, on a Star Wars film, 
I almost think that he would have been a great choice for the sagas, for the episodes, because I think he had that, that lineage, the connection with George Lucas. Right. He's, you know, and we've talked about it plenty of times before, you know, he's the, he's the, the uncle, you know, your burger is not going to be the greatest burger, but it's going to be the way you want it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're, you're really safe in Ron Howard's hands. He's not going to do anything crazy. He's going to make a quality product. Uh, he's going he's gonna to keep it in line with everything you've loved before it. So, you know, you had those, those cookouts when you were a kid, and those burgers were great, and maybe you've had better burgers at, you know, since then at, like, nice restaurants or whatever. But, you know, when you go to a family cookout that, you know, because it would be from in the family, you know the way it's going to taste. It's not going to be something different. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. We'll see. what. Of course, we have to wait and see. We could be, I, it could be a completely different tone in a month. Uh, but I, I'm, very, I'm very interested. The trailers looked really good, uh, I'll have to admit. And uh, we'll have to see what, you know, I'm, I'm saying right now, I think that I feel like Solo is actually going to get be well more well received uh, than than the Last Jedi across the board with a larger scale larger scale of people. I think so because uh, Solo, with every new thing they've released, it seems like it's been because Solo was the movie a lot of people didn't ever want. No, they didn't ask for it. No, and so that was the movie that had the uphill battle of. People are like, well, I don't really care. I don't need a. I don't need a Han Solo movie. Mm-hmm. But you've got all those same people every time there's a new trailer saying, "Wow, I'm a little more excited about this." You know, six months ago yeah. I could care less, and now, you know, last night during when the tickets went on sale, it had the same thing as uh, Force Awakens and Last Jedi. They had a, a waiting queue to get a ticket. So obviously, people are getting more and more excited. Yeah, and now there's there's the leak that um, there's been a leak and a rumor that came from the star of the film himself that this is a trilogy, the solo films. Uh, I, yeah, I know he said they signed him for three, um, and I think it all depends on how well-received this movie is. Mm-hmm. And we may have already answered one of our three agree or disagree questions, but we'll, 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 just, we'll just pretend like we didn't discuss this at the beginning of the show when we get to that again we can hit upon that later in the show now getting into infinity war avengers uh we we pretty excited for this film johnny i know you know you you being a dc guy but i know you're a fan of all superhero genre in general Mm -hmm. were you still pretty excited about this film well yeah because even as a a dc fan i'm still a a first and foremost a, a, a comic fan even when I worked in a comic book store I was still the guy who read everything regardless of whether it was DC or Marvel and uh, you know the uh, I'm not even shy about saying I was I wasn't impressed by either of the first two Avengers movies I think a lot of the other MCU movies are superior films uh, but I was excited in to what the MCU and Kevin Feige were doing 10 years. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a, uh, it, it was a monumental task that they, they accepted 10 years ago to try to do this and culminate it with one big movie to bring everything together. Um, 
so I was excited in that. It was it was one of those things where I felt like, okay, this movie is definitely it's an event. It's ten years in the making. Uh, so I was excited from that aspect of it, um, and you know I was pleasantly surprised by a lot with the film. Yeah, was was it the? Uh, so you, in your opinion, it sounds like you believe this is your favorite Avengers movie. Period. Was, by, so far, by. By far, out of the three Avengers movies, I, I think this one is much better than the first two. Now, you uh, now the first Avengers film, it was an, it was a, they kept it kind of simple, but it seemed to work. It was the first time we're getting all these heroes together in one place, and they were able right. to. And I feel like they were able to ride on ride on uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s star power and charisma quite a bit. And also mm-hmm. Samuel L. Jackson and what they bring to the table. I think they were able to ride on that quite a bit. They had these other characters established already with, with uh, the first Avenger, Captain America. So seeing all these elements come together and then doing it in a way that they were able to pull it off. They kept it simple, but they, they, they pulled something off successfully. And then I thought, then now by the next film, Age of Ultron, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was almost like watching just an episode of. For me, it was like watching a really long episode of a, a TV show about the Avengers, meaning that it was yeah, sort of a simpler it, concept. It, yeah, it was like Ultron was the villain of the week, and we got the group that they established in the first one together, mm-hmm. and we need to go beat a bunch of faceless villains, and that was it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I wasn't in, impressed by that at all, and you know, given the talent involved, I you know was even more disappointed. But I mean, this one was a juggling act, and I thought they did a, a very good job with that. Yeah, and it could have gone really bad, really fast, trying to put all these elements in because you have the Guardians of the Galaxy in there, you have uh, Thor's universe, you have the Black Panther's universe, which was fully introduced to us not too not too long ago just a few months back and uh so there's all these different elements are being brought in you got tony stark's world um they they held back on a few of the uh marvel characters which made sense because there was just a lot to juggle there was no Um, Mm ant-man and by the way spoilers so don't go any further past this this line if you haven't seen avengers infinity war come back and watch the listen to the rest of this uh, but there are spoilers. This is a spoiler-laden uh, episode of Thunder Pop. I should mention that before we go any further. Um, yeah, but they brought in all these different elements. They left out Ant-Man. They left out um, the uh, Hawkeye. Hawkeye, which a lot of people were starting to speculate because he wasn't seen in any of the promotional stuff. Um, so, yeah, so even the actor was on TMZ buying groceries on the day of the premiere instead of actually at the premiere. So, mm-hmm. so they were starting to speculate what happened to him, and one of the speculations was, "Oh, does he get killed at the very beginning of the film?" And uh, no, he just wasn't there. That was explained where they were at. Um, that does lend itself for them to be brought in for the next film. For me, also another thing on the Avengers, their whole library of work. This feels, you know, with civil with uh, Captain America, Civil War. That always felt to me more like an Avengers movie than an actual standalone Captain America movie. Yeah, it was it was Avengers two point five. Yeah, so I was I feel I felt in some ways this was like the fourth Avengers film, 
And then next year's Avengers film is going to be like the fifth one because of that film having really involving the rest of the uh, Avengers universe in a big way. Um, it's the first time we saw Spider-Man, I believe, in this in this universe, in this particular this particular particular version of Spider-Man. So there was a lot of different things being introduced. Was that correct? Was it the first time we saw Spider-Man in this uh, universe? Well we, saw, well, we saw him in Civil War. Yeah. But this is the first time of him being an Avenger, being uh, having his, I guess you call it the Iron Spider suit. Right, right. It's the first time he's an official Avenger. But yeah, the first time I, I thought maybe we'd seen him in, a, in any of the th- this universe was during Civil War. Where he was introduced for the first mm-hmm. time, and then he had his own standalone yep. film, not too long after that. So this will be yep. his, I guess, his third, his third film now in the, uh, in the series. Um, I know some people were really taken aback by the ending of this film, and I, I don't know. I think maybe we read a bunch beforehand, and we kind of, if we know the comic books, uh, you kind of knew what to expect, didn't you? Yeah, uh, um, and I, you know, I was with a group of like six people, and then of course a packed house, and uh, there were people I was with, and then other people I didn't know in the theater. That when people were walking out, you know, they were distraught and upset and sad, and um, you know, me because I know they've they've already, you know, they're already filming Spider-Man: Homecoming two. So, you know, that, you know, while it was acted beautifully by Tom Holland, his his death dusting didn't affect me the way it did people who probably aren't, you know, they don't really get dive into movie news Mm -hmm. or keep track of this. Or, you know, for a lot of people, Black Panther is now their new favorite superhero. And, you know, just. You know, two three months ago, he just had his film, which broke a bunch of records. It was still and showing in the theater that I was at to see uh, Infinity War. It was still it still occupied at least one screen. Speaking of Black yeah, Panther, yeah, there there are people who I know of that that did little double features. Yeah, so they I went, mean, there were went yeah. and saw Black Panther, saw Black Panther again, and then immediately just walked down the hall and watched uh, Infinity. Infinity War. Yeah, so I mean, I think and I think it's it's possible. I mean, you could, and that definitely the, the film that spills into this film quite a bit because of the the presence of there wasn't a lot of Black Panther in this film. I was surprised, but there was a lot of Wakanda in this film. Mm-hmm. Wakanda well, serves as a huge backdrop. A, a big portion of this film was shot. Uh, prior to Black Panther opening. They were not expecting Black Panther to do the kind of business it did. Well, that raises an interesting question. Do you think if they had known and they had filmed this after Black Panther had already had full had full release in, in time in theaters, and they to seen, seen how that played out, do you think there would have been more Black Panther in this film? Do you think they might have considered that? They, they probably would have had him in there more. Yeah. But I don't think it would have changed... Uh, the way they ended the film, because I think the the people that were killed, there's a reason those particular ones were killed, and I think there was a reason the particular ones that were not are still there for the next one next year. Yeah, now there was a plan. Now this, you're talking about reading comic books and kind of being a, and being a fan of comic books over the years. This is one of the 
considered by comic book connoisseurs, the Infinity War comic books are considered one of the the best written comic books of all time. Is that am I am I going a little bit overboard uh, there, or is it is it is that consistent? So in the comics, it's it's the Infinity Gauntlet is the name of the story. Yeah. And it is definitely one of the biggest uh, event series that Marvel did, you know, years ago. Mm-hmm. Similar to how, like, DC has their Crisis on Infinite Earths. Marvel had their Infinity Gauntlet and Secret Wars. Um, I mean, it, it was really great for the time when it came out. But Marvel, and it's one of the things that eventually got me to stop reading them, and I'm sad to say their films are doing the same thing is they're they're not very good about having stakes when it comes to death. Yeah. Um granted, you know, no comic books do it perfectly. Even DC brings people back, but I will say at least they'll wait years before, you know, before bringing somebody back whereas uh, Marvel will do it the next issue. Yeah, and the movies, uh, the films do seem to be following that trend, and that's the thing with these films. You know, they're they're they've, of course, it was a it was a wipeout of several of the popular Marvel characters in in the movie, just mm-hmm. like the comic book. There's some slight differences because you don't have uh, some of the characters that were in that original uh, Infinity Gauntlet comic book edition because of the 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 merger hasn't been fully uh hasn't been done yet the merger is not going to be finalized i think until next year that's going to bring over some of these other characters that were with uh 20th 20th century fox so you don't have the uh fantastic four who i believe was in the original infinity gauntlet correct yeah and uh, yes and they, they 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 did some things to like take even like certain panels from the comic and put them into the movie but, you know, because of rights issues and not having certain characters, they had to change it up. So, like, the mm-hmm. very first scene when Banner crashes into the Sanctum with mm-hmm. Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. that's actually straight out of the comic. But in the comic, it's actually Silver Surfer yeah. who crashes in there and he says, Thanos is coming. Yeah. So they had to change so, change some things because of that reason. Yep. Yeah, there was Silver Surfer, Fantastic Four, um, so there was just some of the ones I, I know for sure were part of that original um, comic book that because of the rights issues. And, you know, some people have argued that maybe if they'd waited a few more years, could have held out a few more years, then you could have actually had those characters. Um, but then, of course, would that have been enough time? Because after you get next year, you get the rights, then you have to roll out the characters in a, in a way that is not doesn't seem too rushed for the story. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just say, oh, all of a sudden, here's the Silver Surfer. Oh, all of a sudden, here's the Fantastic Four. Because then it just seems a little bit, everybody's going to be like, this is a little bit overwhelming. You're kind of rushing these characters in. I mean, Black Panther was rolled out. Spider-Man was rolled out. Uh, uh, Vision was rolled out over several films. Scarlet Witch had a story, and she was rolled in there over a period of time. So uh, there was a methodical process just to get the characters that were in there, in there. Yeah, and then you know, then you're just you have a a handful more characters where you have to find screen time for them mm-hmm. in an already very crowded uh, story. Yeah, yeah, and so I think, and it's already been hinted by the directors that don't think that everything can be reversed 
they're claiming these deaths in this movie are very real. So my thing is, I think everything that I think the deaths that happened before the snap are real. Yeah. And that would be, um, Thanos's daughter. Yeah. Gamora, Gamora, uh, Heimdall, Thor's best friend. Mm hmm. Loki. Loki, yeah. Uh, because if they did Loki again, I think a lot of people would lose their minds because they've already... He's I been brought twice. back already twice, right? From death. Yeah. Yeah. At least if and he I was think brought they back. Kind of not, I think they kind of nodded at that when Thanos said there's no more resurrections after he killed, after he killed Loki. He right. said there was no more resurrections. Right. Yeah. And that could also be that his, a contract that's up they decided the character had kind of run its course and come full circle. It also seems like they gave the character an arc where he finally kind of started to come full circle and, and sort of did things right in the end for his brother. Yeah. Which gives him some closure. Proper closure yeah. before they kill him off. Yeah, and even as he's walking up to Thanos, so he has two moments of hesitation as he's walking up to basically meet his death. He says, uh, he like kind of glances over at Thor and he proclaims himself Odin's son, basically accepting the fact that he is, even though he's not born of Odin, he is Odin's son. And then he also says rightful, uh, King of Jotunheim, which is the ice giants, uh, planet. So he's, he's accepting the fact that he, he is an ice, you know, he's an ice giant. He's not an Asgardian. Yeah. So there is definitely, yeah, for his character, the story and his arc, there was definitely some some multiple clues there that could indicate that this was his closure. This was, a, you know, him finally, um, it appeared like he was going to be the old Loki, and he was going to, uh, the old two-faced Loki that was going to backstab his brother once again. And then, nope, it turns out Loki is, Doing the right thing, finally, once and for all. Um, well, and I, I also like before before he, he died, he told Thor, you know, we'll find our place in the sun again, brother. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then in the case of, um, uh, for, uh, from the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy into things with Gamora, uh, she had finally, there, there had, with her and Star-Lord, had finally come together. And were there was romance there between the two of them that was very uh, real, and that it was yeah, and you know that yeah, was and they admitted they admitted to each other that they they loved each other yeah, and so that seemed like oh wow okay we're we're already we're ready to move to that point I thought maybe we'd might be another movie before this would happen another Guardians of the Galaxy movie before we'd see this and then we're seeing it here in this in this Avengers film but what that was is it was finally there was a reason for that too is to kind of push that character along. For her, um, for her arc, and that was part of her arc was whether was she or was she not going to get with Star Lord, and then all of a sudden her and Star Lord, yeah, they were together. And by the way, that, that the Guardians of the Galaxy, you can always guarantee, you can always count on them for bringing the funniest moments in the Marvel universe. That scene mm-hmm. on the uh, on their spaceship uh, with them when the kiss, and then they look over. Who else other than uh, yeah, Dra- Drax? Drax, he, who's he my moves so slow, he's invisible. He's absolutely my favorite character in all the Marvel films right now. Mm-hmm. And the Guardians of the Galaxy, I know James Gunn actually wrote the dialogue for the Guardians characters in Infinity War. Yeah. 
to keep them consistent with what they were. And all the characters, really. I know I felt like the Black Panther characters and their dialogue fit the characters that, what we saw in Black Panther. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like, you know, and, and what Peter Parker and what he's doing feels very much with like what we are consistently saw in his standalone film. Now, that one scene, just the, to me, was the, the most emotional and sad of this of all the scenes is where we see uh, Peter Parker and he tell that line that's already becoming a famous line in memes. Um, I don't feel so well, Mr. Stark. I think, am I getting that line right? Is that the line? Uh, yeah, I don't feel well, Mr. Stark. And then he says, uh, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Apparently, that was all improvised. Uh, the directors told him was, you don't want to go. You don't want to die. And then he just, then they told him just to run with it. And that was it. And then he ad-libbed those well, lines. Well, and it's been a it's been an arc with them too. The two of them between Civil War, Spider Man Homecoming, and now this movie is the relationship between Tony Stark and Spider Man. Um, to where at the beginning, you know, when Tony brought him in, he was, you know, when he let him out of the car, he was like, "Oh, I'm not hugging you. I'm just letting the, you know, opening the door for you." And then now, you know, for him to hug Peter and embrace him and you know, try to console him. And then from the beginning of the film, when he's telling Pepper, you know, you know, I had a dream that we were having a kid Mm -hmm. throughout the film. uh, Tony always refers to him as, as kid. And Peter refers to him as Mr. Stark. And then, you know, so Tony's always been hard on him and then for them to hug. And then basically Peter saying, telling him he's sorry. He feels like he, you know, failed Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Those were some really good scenes too. The references that uh, Peter Parker make, Spider Man makes in uh, pop culture with the Alien film. Um, mm-hmm. Really enjoyed that too. Oh, and then the Flash dance where Star Lord asks if it's still one of the best movies of all time, and Spider Man says it never was. <laughs> yes, it's great. It was some, I mean, it was just it's it's stand it's a standout film for sure, just in general. Uh, but I definitely the best of the Avengers films. Uh, where is this going to rank on Marvel films for you? I mean, especially coming so close to Black Panther after Black Panther was so good, and now this film. Where where do you think you're going to? Was this going to fall on your list? So uh, I have them ranked out of the 19 films so far. I have it at 10. So you have this at ten. What? So so still uh, probably some things like Winter Soldier uh, rank ahead of this. Uh, Black Panther, yeah, we'll, you still you still have ahead of this. Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier is my my number one. Uh, then I have the first Guardians. Yeah. Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Spider Man Homecoming. Yeah. Black Panther. Wow, you have Spider Man Homecoming that high. Yeah, I it. it and I, I think it's just out of all the Marvel characters, he's always been my favorite. And out of all the Spider-Man films, this is the closest that Peter and Spider-Man have been to the way he is in the comics. I mm-hmm. mean, he's he's a 15, 16 year old kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even the way he shows up in Infinity War, he's just like, hey, Mr. Stark, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. They've, they've really done. They've really did a good job this time. And that was, you know, bringing it back to the Marvel Studios um, and really, they're then putting their their touch on it on Spider Man. Mm-hmm. And then so after that, so you have Homecoming, falling in Homecoming, then Black Panther five. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Then uh, Iron Man three, then Civil War, 
then Ant-Man, the first Iron Man, and then Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Where, where, uh, in Iron Man three, what, why, uh, why did you put it? Where do you, why, why does it fall there? So first of all, I'm, I'm a huge Shane Black fan. Mm-hmm. So I just think he, he directed the hell out of that movie. Mm-hmm. And I love the way that they, they dealt with humanizing Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Um, they took him back to his roots. They, they basically, uh, you know, because of the events of the first, um, and they they kind of harken back to it in Infinity War, where he says, "This guy's been in my head for six years" and things like that. Yeah. But I just thought Iron Man three with his uh, PTSD, and uh, I just thought it was very grounded. The ending didn't stick. They didn't stick the landing. I did not like the ending, but I I thought the positives outweighed the negatives on that one. Yeah, it did have some really good elements there where it went back into really kind of went to his origins a little more of him as, as Tony Stark, uh, not just Iron Man, but the actual Tony Stark uh, and kind of his background. So there was a lot of emotional, you know, Winter Soldier, I will agree, is probably my my one. Uh, I, I, I think I rank this one higher than you. Um, Guardians is definitely in my top five as well. Uh, really love the first Guardians film. Uh, so of the uh, so we definitely have the the characters that were killed before the snap. Now of the characters that were killed after the snap, or that weren't killed after the snap, in the next film, I think there could even be. Do you think there could even be a flip flop, like where some of these characters, obviously the ones like Black Panther, I can't see that one not coming back. Spider Man, I can't see that one not coming back for the obvious reasons. They just had a huge film with Black Panther. It was the, one of the biggest movies of all time. There's going to be more Black Panther, and then yeah. then you had now what I could see in the next film is if there's a skip ahead, which I hear there's going to be in in the time, there could be a different Black Panther when Avengers Four starts. Um, I mean, it could. I've heard things saying, you know, it could be because in the comics, Shuri was Black Panther for a little exactly, while. Exactly, yeah, which is something that's been suggested that they might go that route, at least for one film. Um, but I, I definitely think, and then, of course, I don't think Doctor Strange is dead, no. or at least he's not permanently dead. No. Um, and, and again, there's another one where... His, I th- think that's the big thing is when he tells Tony he saw you know, 14 million different outcomes and there's only one where they win. Right. And then he purposefully saves Tony's life and gives Thanos the time stone. I think that was part of the vision he saw where they do win. Mm-hmm. And he tells Tony we're in the end game. And then before he dies, he tells Tony, this is the way it had to happen. Uh, I think in the vision they, they win Tony has to be alive. Steve yeah. Rogers has to be alive. And I think one or both of those are the reasons that everybody else gets brought back. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think Doctor Strange is going to be back. I think um, I think Black Widow um, is going to be back. Well, uh, she didn't disappear. Uh, that's true. That's true. Uh, what's her name? Wanda Scarlet Witch. She disappeared. I think she'll be back. Yeah, I could see that going. Well, I think she'll be back, but I could see her character. If there was one they were going to part like part ways with, she's one of the less popular characters. I could see that happening. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but I but I think that so what will happen after four though? Who because because I know that I've heard there's already rumors and stories that there's time travel in the next film. That's how they're going to go back to fix. You know, some of the cast members have been seen filming in uh, clean shaven Captain America in New York streets, looking much like the way they did in Avengers one, suggesting that there's going to be some time travel back to the timeline where they were in the first Avengers to try to reverse and go back and fix and, and, and fix things so they can stop Thanos the, the next time around. Um, and that's kind of at the hands of Tony Stark um, and borrows a lot from the Avengers forever comic books storyline. Yeah. And I think there's a, there's a, there's a reason why Ant-Man and the Wasp is coming out after, even though yeah. it takes place before. I think uh, Michael Douglas, Hank Pym is going to have a big, part in avengers 4 because yeah. he's the he's the world's renowned mind on the quantum realm mm-hmm. so i think between him tony stark uh bruce banner and shuri with those kind of minds they're going to figure out some way to manipulate time yeah and that's where there's that's where we're going to probably start with four when things go into four uh there'll definitely be another guardians of the galaxy movie they're working on that also we'll see um so we may see kind of them going a different direction, though. If Gamora is gone, we'll probably uh, we'll open things up for Star-Lord to be kind of back out on the scene as a singles uh, bachelor back in space, kind of swashbuckling um, and getting, getting, getting back out there. But I would think in that film, the third Avengers is going to be a lot about, if Gamora is truly gone, that third Avengers is going to be a lot about first him trying to kind of get over Gamora. Yeah, that and uh, getting back in shape. That too, which may get worse because of depression of losing his loved one may just eat. Because um, yeah, in the uh, in the first one, you know, when he was single, he was he was ripped. Yeah, that's that's true, and I noticed that. It's like, wait a minute, wow, Chris Pratt. He's looking more like the the Parks and Recreation Chris Pratt in this film. Oh, and they they definitely uh, didn't mind. Uh, making some jokes about it in the film either. No, no, they did that definitely didn't. Uh, of course, Guardians of the Galaxy. That was again one of the other funnier scenes was uh, where he said, uh, he said, no, he said, you are, you're a dude. This is a man. Speaking of Hercules on the spaceship. Yeah, and it, yeah, he talks about how he's going to get a Bowflex and he's going to commit. And, yeah. And Rocket tells him he's one sandwich away from being fat. Yeah. Yeah, so I think, and I, I could see them maybe not in three, but in a future film. If there are more Guardians of the Galaxy stories beyond the third film, I could see Gamora being brought back in some capacity in a Loki type of way. Um, maybe there's a love triangle at some point. Maybe he meets another woman and falls in love with her, or falls in like with her, and then somehow Gamora comes back and there's a love triangle. I could see, I could see them going different directions with that. Well, they. They teased Adam Warlock at the end of Guardians 2. In the comics, Adam Warlock actually at one point uh, has control of the Soul Stone. And so I've heard things saying, well, maybe she died, but the Soul Stone can not just take her life, but can also give it back. So I don't know if maybe that might be the whole point of Guardians 3 is the Guardians trying to get her back somehow i don't know i could definitely see that kind of the guardians uh guardians of the galaxy doing their own version of search for spock uh but with yeah. gamora as the the search for gamora in the third one there's also talk of mark hamill maybe having a small role in the third guardians film 
I, some, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, in some capacity, because I know he's had some talks of, with uh, with Gunn about that. Uh, speaking of Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill sent his congratulations to the uh, Avengers for their success in their uh, first weekend at the box office. Um, and then, of course, breaking the Force Awakens record for the biggest weekend box office. First, right. first weekend. Um, we were talking about, you know, kind of the uh, what, what characters are going to come back, what characters are not going to come back, and then a little bit of Marvel having a tendency of uh, killing somebody off, and then, like, next film, oh, they're not dead. Oh, they're dead. Oh, they're not dead. So what, I would right. like, what I'm asking you is, how much further can this Marvel Universe keep trucking before it, it truly jumps the shark? Because we're 10 years in. They're already given it. Now they're giving us the Thanos storyline that it's all been kind of building up to for the past 10 years as they've been singing all the promotional material for this film. We're going to get that resolved so it would appear in a year when the next Avengers comes out. After that, you're like, well, where do they take this? Where do they take the story with the Avengers? And then there's probably, there probably is still going to be Captain America, the actor for Captain America. Mm-hmm. His name's the tip. Chris Hemsworth. Well, not Chris Hemsworth. That's uh, Thor. Uh, Chris Evans. Chris Evans. All the Chris's. Um, but there's been talk about Chris Evans has said, I'm done after Avengers 4. That's it for me. So he's yeah. already possibly outed himself that he's not going to be back after 4. It doesn't mean that Captain America is going to get killed off. He could just be handing over the costume, yeah, the suit to somebody else. And I think that's the thing. Avengers 4, it's going to give a lot of the original Avengers like a nice send-off, but I don't think, at least I don't think for all of them, it's going to be a permanent send-off. Yeah. Like maybe, you know, Robert Downey Jr. from now on, at least for five years, only shows up as cameos or something like that. Yeah. And then Thor, you know, goes and rebuilds Asgard. Yeah. And then you just give everybody kind of a, a little breathing time. Yeah. And then you give them a little anticipation. And then in like four or five years, you give Thor another a new solo film. And you say, oh, it's the grand return of Thor mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, it could be done very strategically where there's a big happy ending. And almost everybody that was snapped and disappeared is back. And then all the ones that survived still survive, but there could be sort of like, okay, we've, we've, this was a, this was the Super Bowl for superheroes. We won the Super Bowl. We're going to take a little bit of a break now. We're going to go to the, like Tom Brady, we're going to go to the beach and spend some time with our family for a while. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you can't do Avengers films. I just think the, the people that disappeared, I think that is the, I guess you could call them the, those are the new Avengers. So basically everybody who's joined the team over the last like, three years mm-hmm. and you just have them hold down the fort, you know, you tell some stories yeah. and then, you know, you can have in like a Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man call Tony for some advice or something Yeah, just to kind of just, you know, get everybody licking their chops a little bit and then you can give them a return in a couple years. Yeah. And you've got kind of alluding right now that there's going to be a wet, there's going to be, well, they basically, they suggest, they said there was going to be, you know, uh, Piper and Tony were going to get married. So that seemed like they'd finally have their wedding day after Avengers four and then say, okay, I'm going to go off and into the, uh, walk off into the sunlight with, uh, with Pepper and finally give her the life that she's been yearning away from all the, uh, the adventures um, so that could be kind of Tony's walk away as with Pepper after they get married and after Avengers four, 
uh, we get that happy ending with them. And yeah, I can definitely see Tony Stark being a character that cameos in a lot of different films. Spider Man, kind of like Sam Jackson did. Yes, kind of like Sam Jackson. Exactly, Sp- Spider Man especially. Uh, but there's yeah, they got the Black Panther now. They've got Spider Man. They've got they're going to bring in Captain Marvel. They've got Ant Man. They've got Wasp that are that is on the way in the next Ant Man film. Uh, they've got the offshoot characters on Black Panther. Um, yeah, and then you still have Falcon and Bucky. Yes, you still have Falcon and Bucky. Um, you have you could still you may still have the Hulk. You have Hawkeye. You have Black Widow. There's still a lot to sink your teeth in there for. And there and there's characters they're talking about bringing in. Of course, you'll have the 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 20th Century Fox characters that will be available to him in a couple of years. And with that, you'll get the Silver Surfer. And if you want some others as well. Well, yeah. So you 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 have them hold down the fort with the 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 new guys. Mm-hmm. You let the old hand kind of take. And then while the new guys are holding it down, you know, with maybe smaller Avengers stories, you start integrating and introducing Fantastic Four and Silver Surfer and all of that. And from what I'm hearing with Captain Marvel, they're already going to introduce the scrolls. Wow. So maybe the next, instead of Thanos, the old guard has to be called in to help the new guys when the scrolls, you know... Mm-hmm. Come in, and you. So another big Marvel event is Secret Invasion. Yeah, with the scrolls, where a lot of the heroes we thought were heroes turned out they were just scrolls pretending to be the heroes. Yeah, and so maybe that's when the old guard, Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man have to come back. Yeah, which could be a really help. really fun storyline, also. Yeah, and there's also talk of the Moon Knight. Uh, which was a, another popular character uh, from past Marvel movies or past Marvel comic books. Uh, the Internals is also they're talking about that. It's for a future, uh, a future uh, character that could be brought brought in. And then you got the Marvel TV shows too, and those TV shows will run for a while, like The Punisher and Jessica Jones. But when they finally end their TV show run, they could definitely be brought into the movie universe and used in the movies as well. Like the Jessica Jones they, and the and the uh, Luke Cage. Yeah, I mean they they definitely could. I know Netflix is trying to chunk as many of those seasons out as they can before right. uh, Disney yeah. Disney takes them over. <laughs> yeah, could that that could, could possibly hurt the quality of some of that content? Because I mean the 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 great thing about those shows uh, on Netflix is they are methodical about taking their time to get a season ready for a show, like Stranger Things. And like Master of None, where they don't rush out the seasons, that that would worry yeah. me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I I've definitely thought about that a lot ever since you know Disney announced their streaming, um, and I haven't seen season two of Jessica Jones, and I've heard mixed things about it. Yeah, um, I loved Punisher, um, but yeah, it does it does worry me. And then also, if Disney does take over and wants to continue those shows. Do they tone them down the you know right, violence exactly. and sex because it's it you, you know you have the mouse on that on the app right exactly that's that would be a concern of mine too and, and is that for sure that those Marvel shows they're all going to go to Disney streaming platform is that an automatic as far as well you know? at least uh, at least the the previous seasons I don't know if they'll produce any new seasons but right. basically the rights to those shows goes straight to Disney nobody else can distribute them so either 
Disney says, okay, you have to go buy the Blu-ray because you can buy the Blu-ray, but I never have because it's available on streaming. Exactly. But if, you know, maybe they take it away and don't put it on their streaming. So if, if you're somebody who got in late and you never watched, you know, Daredevil season two, which is great. And Disney's just like, well, now you have to go buy the Blu-ray. Yeah. Yeah. I could see something like that happening. I better, I better get on that and start binging that Jessica Jones before it. It's off, off of Netflix forever. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts on uh, on Avengers Infinity War? Um, I will say uh, both of my favorite moments are with the, the trio of Thor, Rocket, and Groot. My two favorite moments in the film. Yeah. And they're completely different. My first favorite was when uh, Rocket says, okay, it's time to be a captain when he sees Thor moping in the back mm-hmm. of the ship. And he's like, oh, well, too bad about your brother. That sucks. And he's like, you know, you got to have a, you know, a, a you know, you got a mom. And he's like, no, she was killed by El's best friend, stabbed through the heart. And then Rocket's like, oh, and Thor's just talking about how I'm 1,500 years old and I've killed twice as many people as that. And every single one of them wanted to kill me more more than I wanted to kill them. Thanos is just the next one in the line. And the whole time, he's he's trying to smile and talk about how, you know, if he can't do it, then what else does he have to lose anyway? And he's trying to wipe away tears while smiling. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a, a very heartfelt scene. And then, of course, Rocket gives him an eye. Yes. Yes, he gets his eye back. He gets an eye. He gets an eye back. And then my one moment in the theater where um, both the people on either side of me were like, oh, and like literally started like tapping me on the chest was when Thor gets his new hammer and he has control of the Bifrost and he shows up on Wakanda and like rockets sitting on his shoulder. And he just he just runs straight into the, the swarm of those creatures and just says, bring me Thanos, and just summons the lightning and knocks out hundreds of them. Yes, that was great. Kind of a little bit the of a... The only I wanted was, was Led Zeppelin playing in the background. Yes, that would have been great. Barring from Ragnarok. There's Those a lot of Lord of, Lord, a little bit of Lord of Rings in there, too, at that, when that, in that Thor scene. Oh, yeah. It was, it was like uh, in the Two Towers when it seemed like they were beat, because right before Thor shows up, the Hulkbuster's getting overwhelmed. Yeah. Steve Rogers is on the ground and those creatures are swarming and Black Panther is getting beat up. So it's it's that moment when the, the heroes feel like all is lost and then Thor just shows up with his, his brand new uh, hammer and just is obviously, they're finally showing he, he is a god. Definitely the Incredible Hulk in this film. The biggest choke job since the uh, Super Bowl 51 Atlanta Falcons. Oh, man. He... Issues. Yeah, there's some issues there. Because if you think about it, the Hulk, while he's, he's you know, he's been somewhat beaten in fights, but not the way they... They basically wanted to take <laughs> that first 10 minutes to show how powerful Thanos is because he just destroyed the Hulk... Not just physically, but mentally. Mm-hmm. And you think about mentally, at least what we saw in Ragnarok, Hulk has the mind of a child. Yeah. So in his mind, he's like, I'm not coming out. Like, if I come out, that guy's going to kill me. 
Yeah. Yeah, and, and Hulk, you know, you're talking about how he has the mind of a child. You know, he, to a lot of small children, like infants or, or kids that are, uh, you know, under the age of five years old, the Hulk sometimes ends up being their favorite superhero character early on, their first favorite superhero character, because it's just such a uh, kind of childlike way of communicating of the of the Hulk, like Hulk smash things. Kids just sort of find the the, uh, the humor in that early on. It's what I've noticed. Exactly. Anytime uh, isn't going your, your way, you just get upset because you can't communicate with the people around you, so you just get angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hulk smash things. Hulk smash things. So, yeah, so he's had... Thanos got in his head, and he's having uh, some issues in this film. I'm sure we're going to see his triumphant comeback in four in a big way. I think the, I think the way we got Thor coming back in this one... And almost beating Thanos, he just aimed too low. Um, but I think in Avengers Four, we'll get the return of Hulk, and I think he'll probably be stronger than we've ever seen him before. And of course, that was another funny scene when he's in battle and he's trying to figure out. They decided, you know, uh, that Banner decides to they decide to have him in this one of uh, those mechanical robot suits, Tony mm-hmm. Stark's robot suits, and he's running, but he's kind of trying to figure out the the uh, the piloting of that uh, armor he's wearing. And then all of a sudden he's running around, kind of stumbling around. He's getting this, this odd look from some of the other characters. Like, who is this guy? Yeah. Okoye looks at him like, what are you even doing here? Yeah, exactly. Like, how did this guy? And then also early on in the film, uh, when he's trying to turn to the Hulk and then we see, um, we see Dr. Uh, Dr. Strange and uh, uh, his, uh, comrade kind of looking at him and like what's this guy's deal yeah wong and then uh, tony stark says come on man don't embarrass me in front of the wizards exactly yeah yeah it was a good it was just a lot of good stuff in this film it was, it was two hour and 45 minute film but they chock full a lot of good stuff in this film um so i'm gonna give this movie the full maximum five thunderbolts what do you think, Johnny? Um, I'll give it I'll give it a solid four. Which is saying a lot from me. Yeah. That is just really good. That's that's a solid that's very solid. Um, because yeah, I mean, considering the 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 balancing act to use that word Thanos likes to use balance that the Russo's brothers did, um, balancing how somber of a movie this is, but they had just the right sprinkling of humor and action. Um, and it really was Thanos's story. Um, and every character got at least one moment. Um, so, I mean, bravo to them. Uh, definitely uh, an, an achievement uh, film. This was really the uh, Empire Strikes Back of the Avengers series. In terms of like, this is the film the bad guys won. Yeah. No, the, the Thanos won. He, yeah. he definitely won. All right, coming up. Speaking of winning and losing, coming up here in just a moment. It's agree or disagree for your asses. Are you ready for that, Johnny? I am ready. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da
Ready, set, go on this May the 4th be with you 2018. Happy May the 4th be with you, Johnny. And you as well. And it is time for Agree or Disagree. And number one, about a year ago, this is Avengers Infinity War related. About a year ago, Mark Ruffalo was doing was doing an interview with Don Cheadle at D23 Expo. He boasted about how every one of the superheroes die. Then he corrects himself. And then, uh, so we, I don't know if you've seen this video. Have you heard about this story? I have not. Yeah, you see the look on Don Cheadle's face as this happens. And he is like, dude, like you just, you just said that. Like it was, it was a very, it was very funny to watch this. So basically he, um, he basically leaked that all the, of all these superheroes dying a year ago before the Avengers Infinity War was to come out. Do you agree or disagree based on that? That Now, there's also the situation where Mark Ruffalo was at a screening and he left his phone on, on Facebook Live, and there was all this audio and video that was getting that was coming in from the movie premiere. Did you know there was another story about Mark Ruffalo? So, I did not hear about that. Yeah. yeah. Do you agree or disagree? Will Mark Ruffalo be pulled off of future press junkets for all future Marvel films he appears in because of him leaking this info in an interview? Um, I don't think so. I think the one with Don Cheadle was probably um, a joke. Um. Uh, and I don't really know the context of the the cell phone one, but I don't think they would pull him off. If anything, it would be a a, a nice sit down conversation between him and Kevin Feige. I will say this: I think in general, with the Marvel, they don't seem to be as hung up on on privacy and security as far as keeping uh, information about the films, you know, really tight. They are to a certain degree, but not nearly to the extent that the Star Wars Lucasfilm is. Oh, no, not at all. Even though um, they're both I'm, at the mouse. Yeah, I mean, I know the Russo brothers did come out and say, like, Thanos demands your silence, trying to get people to not go online and spout spoilers. Right. But it wasn't like they were telling everybody, like, you can't talk about this, you can't talk about that. You yeah. can basically just say, like, you had a good time filming and you're excited. Yeah. So there's that kind of that relax relaxation. I mean, even with Star, even with the Star Wars, they're paid a, I think a, a, a bonus for not leaking information about the film later. I think on the back mm-hmm. end. So I remember Mark Hamill saying, "Yeah, if I leak anything out, that's going to cost me this much money uh, in in payment in pay later that we're supposed to get for not spilling out any information." Um, so it's definitely would be a terrible place for Edward Snowden to work. Over at Lucasfilm. Yeah, yeah. Um, with st- okay, now getting into some Star Wars stuff. With Solo, a Star Wars story, just under a month away, troubled waters have seemed to uh, settle, and uh, as as it there was some turbulent uh, things going on early on in the production. Do you agree or disagree that Solo, based on the experience of Ron Howard and the low expectations that may have been created, that this film will be a pleasant surprise? And do you agree that Solo will end up surprising audiences and being the most well-received Star Wars offering since Empire Strikes Back? Oh, since Empire... 
you had me until that point. Now I've you asked that question before. That I don't know if you remember. I asked that question once before, before Rogue yeah. One came. Before Rogue One came out. Yeah. No. Nope. Uh, I you had me until Empire Strikes Back because I think other films. I I mean I I know people who still to this day Return of the Jedi they consider the the best Star Wars yeah. film. And there's some people uh, A New Hope. They didn't like anything else after New Hope. Yeah, and then there's people who Force Awakens is 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 their favorite. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, do I think it's going to surprise and do really well? Yes. Uh, the last pro- uh, box office projection I saw was like 170 million, which would break the Memorial Day weekend box office. Wow, that's great. Um, which is it's phenomenal news because it, it means there's positive words of mouth. The fact that they're actually screening it two weeks before the movie even comes yeah. out, they're screen- they're premiering it and screening it at uh, uh, Cannes Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're obviously very confident in what Ron Howard has put out. Yeah, and I mean he's a very competent director. Uh, there's talk of this being a trilogy, and if that's true, if that's not just uh, something that got blown out of proportion, if that's true. Is there enough story there to to make two more films with Han Solo that are pre New Hope Han Solo? Oh yeah, there's plenty. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm right now. I'm listening to the Thrawn novel, which takes place between Clone Wars and Rebels, and I mean, there's there's so much in the expanded universe of Star Wars. There's plenty of stories to tell. Even the Han Solo comic tells a bunch of stories. There's plenty of Han Solo books. Um, honestly, his three picture deal, I don't know if they thought of it as, I think they were probably thinking if it does really well, we can do more solo movies. If it does okay, then we can at least use him. And maybe if there's another movie that takes place, right. Uh, before a new hope, we can like have him in it, but not necessarily the main character. Well, and I always thought there could be a possibility of a Han Solo crossing paths with Jen Erso from Rogue One. Uh, I was thinking more um, Cassian Andor just due to the age and timeline because mm-hmm. Rogue One takes place right before A New Hope. Yeah. Solo takes place 10 years before that. So Jin Erso would be pretty young, but Cassian Andor would probably be about Han Solo's age. Yeah, that's true. That would actually make more sense uh, that there would be something in that, that capacity uh, that would be more likely to happen. Are we going to see, is Darth Vader going to make a cameo in this film? Or do you think that's something they would definitely uh, save if they did a trilogy that we might see in the second or third solo film? Uh, I don't think we'll see Darth Vader. I think there's a better percentage chance we get a Boba Fett or, J- or a Jabba. Yeah, uh, and if you're doing three of these, you definitely would have to have a Jabba and Boba Fett somewhere within the trilogy, for sure. I said they would need to be good with Han at this point. So, like... It wouldn't be Boba Fett trying to like get him, yeah. Or like because uh, at this point, if you know, because even at the beginning of A New Hope, Jabba is still good with Han. Yeah, and that's something uh, that could be introduced in a trilogy is kind of rolling out how things fall out between him and Jabba, and also Boba Fett being in that that factored in as well. Yeah, because Jabba refers to him as Han, my boy, and so. I want to know what kind of jobs did Han do for Jabba to where Jabba has like a soft spot in his heart for Han. 
So, and then of course, there could be also the possibility of a Lando film. And if that were to happen, that'd be another way you could use Han Solo. Is it maybe he comes in and is appears in a in a Lando film? Yeah, that that could happen. It all depends on how their relationship is, like where their relationship is at the end of the Solo film. Yeah, and uh, well, this film going to change the way people think of the Millennium Falcon because Millennium Falcon is, has been thought of for many years and many generations as being kind of the a really d- a dump truck piece of junk. I mean, it's going to, I think it's going to show why Han and Lando and Chewie have such a soft spot in their hearts for this ship. I think this is going to show, like, I think they're going to do some things with the Falcon in this movie we haven't seen the Falcon do before. It's a pristine, when Lando has the Falcon before Han Solo takes takes over the Falcon, it's a pristine piece of machinery yeah it it is it is sleek it is white there's a room Uh, there's a room a gallery for his capes (laughs) yeah so i mean it's it's pretty luxurious so it's going to be a different million falcon than what people have not seen before it's gonna be fun but yeah there's gonna be a lot of things in there too that we're gonna see in in terms of the action uh, where a million falcon hasn't been used that way before we've never seen the million falcon used in that way before on film it's gonna be pretty exciting um, so number uh, number three. Oh, and going back to standalones with three solo films, three films by the Game of Thrones creators. The uh, the, the Ryan Johnson trilogy, the John mm-hmm. Favreau series for the Disney streaming. Is there room in there anywhere for the for the Obi One standalone film that people have been hoping and begging for for a long time? I really don't know. Unless they're planning on getting Star Wars to the same point as like Marvel movies where you have two, sometimes three movies a year. Yeah. And that's what they want. But, let's let's face it, that's what they would really like. Um, until it gets to that point, I don't see room for it. Yeah. I mean there was rumors, I mean there was things with uh Ian McGregor a few months back on social media where he was uh, he had his facial hair grown out and he was working out, he was doing a kickboxing or something at his house. And then he was uh, rumored that he was over in some location where it would be it would be a place you would expect them to be shooting for Obi Wan Kenobi. And I don't know if this was all just internet rumor. I know he was at least trying to troll the uh, the social media audience with some of the stuff that he was posting. Yeah, I, I would imagine there's at least been some talks in that that direction. Oh, definitely. Some meetings have been had. Yeah, for years probably. Yeah. Oh yeah. Number three, another Star Wars for you. Mark Hamill, of course, we you know covering Star Wars since it is May Fourth Day. Mark Hamill is set to appear on the season finale of Big Bang Theory. Did you know about this? I did not. Yeah, a lot of people not aware that his career started in sitcoms. Now he had a sitcom that lasted. I think it lasted maybe six shows before it was canceled. It was in the early seventies, and it was with Gary Busey playing his brother. And the show oh, was wow. the show was set in Texas. And it was from MTM Productions, the Mary Tyler Moore uh, Productions. Um, so it had a big, big name behind it. The show was critically acclaimed. It got great reviews. It just never made it in the. It never built an audience, television-wise. And of course, this was way before anybody knew who Mark Hamill was. And it was even also kind of before people knew who Gary Busey was. So that movie gets canceled. That show gets canceled. Mark Hamill. Then, of course, you know he shoots the original pilot for Eight Is Enough. Then Star mm-hmm. Wars. Then Star Wars happens. 
So the rest is history. He gets out of his contract with Eight is Enough so he can focus on, on the movies. They replace him. They reshoot the pilot. Different guy playing the old... It was to play the second oldest brother. So it was Willie Ames that takes over. And the rest is history. Willie Ames takes over the part as the second oldest brother on Eight is Enough. But also, Mark Hamill was in the original Bill Cosby show. Not the one that, that, that is the famous Cosby show from the 80s, but an earlier show that they had that was just called The Bill Cosby Show, where he plays a school teacher. Mark Hamill also on that show. So a lot of Mark Hamill's early work before Star Wars is in, is in TV comedies. So here's mm. my question for you. A lot of people not aware of that. Do you agree that Mark's appearance will be such a hit on the Big Bang Theory that it's likely that he could end up being a series regular on a future television comedy. Um, I don't know. I I think he could if the if the story was right and the the price was right for what because I'm sure he made a pretty penny on Last Jedi. Yeah, he's 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 got a nice little. He's calls it the Jedi Retirement Fund, I think. Yeah, and I'm sure he's gonna he's gonna get a little something something for episode nine as well. Yeah, I think there's gonna be something there. I mean, in some capacity, I think he's gonna be a force ghost. Yeah, um, I think he would, but I mean, I think it would have to it would have to be the right the right thing, especially to be a regular because I feel like everything uh, at least that I've seen of him in TV over the last ten years has been cameo. Like just single single episode. Yeah. Kind of stuff. He did something with George Takei with Air on one of the sitcoms, I think playing themselves uh, a few mm. years ago. And uh, yeah, he gets he gets a lot of cameo deals. I'm sure he'll he'll be asked to do more in the future. This big the Big Bang Theory is one that seems like it should have happened years ago. That show is, is perfect for a Mark Hamill um, guest spot. I think it was just yeah. a matter of time before it happened because they've had other you know, people from the nerd world, um, you know, on that show. I think William Shatner's done it. I noticed that some Will Wheaton has been on there from Star Trek Circle of Things. So uh, it seemed only appropriate that they would have uh, Mark Hamill now finally do it. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to see George Lucas make a cameo on there just as a really cranky, pissed off George Lucas. Oh, sure. <laughs> that would be fun. I don't think he would do it, but I think it would be a lot of fun. But yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's right. It would be, I, I imagine him maybe on some show as someone's crazy uncle that maybe guest stars um, on occasion on some kind of maybe family show, family sitcom of sorts. So it could be fun. I, I don't know if it'll happen, but it could be fun. But you, you kind of sounds like you lean towards disagree on that. Yeah, I, I disagree with like a series regular. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But definitely some more ca- cameo stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Do you think there's a, a chance with Disney that they would try to do a Luke Skywalker TV series at some point? I don't mind even if they did uh, uh, an animated show a la Clone Wars. Yeah. That takes place between Jedi and Force Awakens, and it's you know Luke going around the universe trying to learn more about the Force and having adventures. That would be a that would be a much easier undertaking, also opposed to trying to do an actual live action version of that. Yeah, and, and the, it's just and the just outcome the, would the, be just as successful. Yeah, you just do the 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 tales of of Luke Skywalker, and it's because I mean they 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 did it in a few of the books I read where it was 
granted it was told by other points of view yeah. of, of from people who you know uh met luke skywalker and how he came to their planet to learn more about the force yeah they, they could just borrow directly from that book series you're talking about for it for an animated mm-hmm. series mm-hmm. and go directly from that for the stories and hey it just so happens mark hamill has a little bit of experience in in uh, voice acting from what i've heard yeah just a little just a little bit i've heard some stories some some there were some rumors that he did some stuff kind of on the like kind of part-time on the side yep all right it is time johnny i want to thank you for joining us and guess what time it is may the 4th may the 4th and it's time for some thoughts and advice on this may the 4th yes indeed ladies and gentlemen boys and girls jedis and those with a low midichlorian count Here's something for you. It's not disrespect, Master. It's the truth. From your point of view. The boy is dangerous. They all sense it. Why can't you? His fate is uncertain. He's not dangerous. You are fake news. The Council will decide Anakin's future. That should be enough for you. It's in very, very bad. Qui-Gon, sir. I don't want to be a problem. You won't be any. What you talking about, <laughs> I'm not allowed to train you. So I want you to watch me and be mindful. (laughs) Always remember, your focus determines your reality. Stay close to me. That smells stinker with. And you'll be safe. Master, sir, I heard Yoda talking about midichlorians. I've been wondering, what are midichlorians? See this cute little vial here? It's crack, rock cocaine, the most addictive form. You think it's the glamour drug of the 80s? Well, that's the point of this fronted little reminder. It can kill you. Then you will die. Go ahead. Make my day. And that is thoughts and advice for your asses. Johnny Lightfoot, I want to thank you. May the 4th be with you, sir. May the 4th be uh, with you as well, Stephen. And everybody out there in the galaxy, far, far away and long, long ago, have a great day, hour, month, second, millisecond, and everything else with sugar and spice on top. It stopped raining, too. I think the sun may even come out. That's great. Awesome. (laughs) We actually get outside for a little bit. All right, everyone. Peace. Thunder Pop is a Hit the Bricks production.